Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, everyone? If you happen to stumble upon this and don't know what's going on, this is the new official home of Forever News. I'd greatly appreciate any and everybody that would subscribe and hit the bell to get all notifications. We drop new episodes of Forever News, the full episode, every Saturday, 12 p.m. EST. You get your bang for your buck. You get all the latest and greatest in the world of anime and manga news. Even if you're not necessarily watching that much anime and reading that much manga, I'll keep you informed and you'll be somewhat entertained. So, hope you stay tuned for this one and let's jump into the show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of... Forever News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. No matter how you Okay, people, a huge, I mean, enormous week of anime and manga related news. It is quite the fiesta, to say the least, and I don't want to waste any more of your time. Let's jump into it. Yu Yu Hakusho fans, I repeat, all Yu Yu Hakusho fans, come to the front center, please, because holy cow, Netflix is on it. In case you don't remember, I reported on it quite some time ago now that Netflix announced they had a Yu Yu Hakusho live action adaptation in development and you already know it's time to worry of course it's time to worry when any live action adaptations of our precious anime and manga are announced because you'll get something like Netflix's Death Note you'll get something like Dragon Ball Evolution you know there's just you never know what you're gonna get and most of the time you actually do know because it has been quite the shit show to say the least so uh, when we got the announcement of Netflix doing Yu Yu Hakusho live action apart Part of me was a little bit interested in a weird and strange way of like, what will they do with this one? You know what I'm saying? Because you just don't know at this point what changes are going to be made or whatever. So I was like, what are they going to be doing here? But we got this one. And for starters, I- I've seen the talks. I've seen people, what they're saying. We're going to go cast member by cast member because we got the main four. Hiei, Yusuke, Kurama, and Kuwabara. We got their look. And yeah. Unveiling the cast of the live action Yu Yu Hakusho over the next few days days stay tuned to this thread and this was posted a few days ago now and with it came a picture of four uh, images representing so to speak the four main characters one a hand doing a spirit gun for Yusuke a hand with a rose for Kurama a hand with bandages for that Hiei dragon of the darkness flame and a dude with a jacket for Kuwabara you already know his vibe so let's jump into it shall we the first cast member we have is Yusuke Yurameshi and he will be played by Takumi Kitamura and I believe some of these people have credentials if I'm not mistaken I'm not sure if it's Yusuke or one of the other characters but a few of them have played in the Tokyo Revengers live action I believe if I'm not mistaken wasn't the guy that playing Yusuke he played Ichigo and Bleach don't quote me on that one might be off on that but I'm looking off rip I could tell that they desperately wanted to make sure that they make the hair 
accurate as possible even though i still feel like it kind of looks a little more modernized of like swoop to the side opposed to use case as a straight back end it's i'm not gonna say horrible or anything like that it's like okay it's massively done with a bunch of effects and you know photoshop and stuff like that to make it look as badass as possible so it's like I, I'm not going to say it's horrible or anything like that. Um, he just, he looks kind of cool, I guess. If I'm being honest, when I look at this image, not the first thing to my mind is, yo, that's Yusuke Urameshi, but it's like, Alright, okay-ish. Then, next up is Karama. And Karama will be played by Jun Shisong. And Karama, the wig is like, uh, I don't know. Probably could have had a better wig. Again, a whole bunch of CG and photo... Not CG, but a whole bunch of... Well, yeah, CG, computer-generated images. Uh, a whole bunch of Photoshop done. And it's like, hey, the costume kind of looks dope. You can see a little bit of... It almost looks like a kimono, so to speak. But... The wig, and again, when I see this, it doesn't immediately jump out at me like, oh, God, that, that's Karama all the way, dude. It's like, okay, I guess. Uh, moving forward, Hiei. Now, Hiei, I'm not going to lie. What the fuck? I'm going to just straight up say, what the fuck? Hiei will be played by Kanata Hongo, and dude looks like Elvis. <laughs> Yo, are, are we doing Elvis Presley? Like, what the hell is this? No, I don't like it. I don't like this at all. Like, yeah, maybe he could pull it off. And again, a big, big factor in all of this is going to be the acting. To be honest with you, I almost feel like they played it safe by having it a full Japanese cast. Because, you know, when it gets into the diverse situation, then they got X, Y, and Z issues. So, I feel like it was almost more safe. Because, like, oftentimes, I, I've noticed when it comes to live actions, while, yeah, they can still be bad when they're done over there in Japan as well. There's been a lot, like the Roroni Kenshin films, for example, that were really good. So, I feel like that was them playing it safe with such a precious IP. Because they know Yu Yu Hakusho fans... Ain't gonna have it. I am Yu Yu Hakusho fans. Hello. Forever for never. Where you think they... You, 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 you get it. And this shit looks terrible. Get it out of here. Throw it in rice. Throw this motherfucker in rice. Okay? No, that is not Hiei. I'm sorry. Again, acting wise, it could be a different story. Um, it, He could be amazing. And we'll see when the time comes. But the way it's done with the hair and shit, like... No. No, 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 no. And then last but not least, Kazuma Kuwabaro will be played by Shuhei Uesugi. And... He doesn't really scream Kuwabara to me at all either. Again, maybe I might be too knee-deep and too embedded into this situation of, dog, I, I love you, I can show so much, and there's like a million other actors that I can think of. Like, what, what is that, basketball player? If I'm not mistaken, there's a basketball player that look identical to Kuwabara. Obviously, he's probably a lot older now, but they could have done a way better job at getting somebody for Kuwabara. Like, I will say this. Yusuke, not too bad. Karama, the wig ain't great, but I right, whatever. Uh, he ain't absolutely horrendous, and Kuwabara, just no. Like, half the cast is okay-ish. We're already off to a bad start because at the very least with the Cowboy Bebop live action, despite how that turned out and fans hated it and all that shit, in the beginning, people were like, well, you got some notable actors. People were actually receptive to the actors and stuff like that. So this still very well could have potential. This still very well could turn out good. But as it stands right now, I hate the way Hiei looks. I hate it. It's terrible. And that's not cool, Baru. I'm sorry. That That's not. He looks more like, oh, shit. I can't even think of his name right now. It escapes me at the moment. But he looks more like a slightly cooler version of the villain of Tokyo Revengers. That's who he should play. He looks like the villain of Tokyo Revengers. You throw some glasses on him, he looks like that. Not Kuwabara. That's not Kuwabara. I reject thy nonsense. <laughs> okay? No, 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 no. But yeah, people, breaking news. Even though it's not breaking, it's been out for a bit. But breaking 
breaking news. These are the cast members of Yu Yu Hakusho's Hiei, Kurama, Kuwabara, and Yusuke. And I'm not that much of a fan. Two of them are okay-ish, but you, you're not going to sell a movie with okay-ish. You're not going to sell whatever it is that they have, that have going on here with that again time will tell how the movie actually plays out it could turn out great but as it stands not my cast not my yu yu haga show no and i hate to say it like that because i know i've went on record on saying yo anime fans need to give you know live action a little more of a chance to shine i really thought cowboy bebop did great aside from the ending but so far no and maybe i'm too entrenched in it i mean yu yu haga show means a lot to me a lot a lot to me so maybe that's the case but let me know what you think. Are, are those the characters that you know and love or? Next up, big news for Vic Mignogna fans. In case you don't know the whole history of what has happened and what has transpired over the last three or so years, the actor Vic Mignogna, who has voiced characters such as Broly and Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super's Broly film, um, Edward Elric and Full Metal Alchemist, and many, many of characters, uh, was accused of certain acts when it came to some of his fellow castmates in certain series and yeah it got real messy there were lawsuits all sorts of stuff and essentially Vic Mignogna was pretty much blackballed out of voice acting industry quote unquote from my observation again I'm not saying that this is all facts but seems to be that he hasn't been able to get work since then he was quote unquote fired from Funimation although I don't know how that works considering like most of the voice actors aren't like contracted with Funimation they're just like hey here's a job here's a couple bucks so I don't know how you fire somebody but it's been very quiet for Vic Mignogna. A lot of fans have been speculating like, yo, what is he going to do next? Is he completely done with the anime world or what's up? Well, apparently Vic Mignogna is back and thanks to, I believe it's Anime Matsuri, um, he is returning with a vengeance because it seems as though he's starting his own dubbing studio. Let's jump into this story. Anime Matsuri creates a new dubbing studio with Vic Mignogna. Anime Matsuri held a special live stream on their YouTube channel on Sunday night to announce they created their own dubbing studio. The new dubbing studio started in November 2021 and they've already started recording. Denise and John Lay from Anime Matsuri traveled to Japan to meet up with Nippon Animation for a collaboration. Nippon Animation gave Anime Matsuri two anime movies that have never been dubbed in America before. The two anime movies are Genbanojo and Zip Shimezo. They are described as anime for all ages to enjoy. Being in ADR director himself, Vic Mignogna was asked by Anime Matsuri to become part of the new dubbing studio. Over the recent years, Vic has been asked countless times when he will return to voice acting in anime. Along with the news of Vic joining the new dubbing studio, Vic, who was a special guest on the live stream, announced he will be voicing in the two anime movies and is listed as being the ADR director for both anime. The two anime dubs will be premiering live at the 16th annual Anime Matsuri 2022 convention on Friday, July 29th at 8pm. A second showing will be on Saturday in theaters area at the convention. After the premiere, there will be a question and answer session with the voice actors. Nippon Animation will also be attending the premiere. Vic's reaction to being asked to be part of the new dubbing studio was described as, he just dropped to the floor. When asked what it felt like to be back in the studio voice recording, Vic answered, I came in down there to work on Gen Banojo with Jacob first, and he was behind the console. And I went into the booth and put the headphones on, and it was the first time that I had done that in probably, you know, two years. Um, and I teared up a little bit i have to say denise and jacob the other two guests on the live stream from yo this is getting me sad 
just hearing that he teared up when he got in the booth uh, agreed with how emotional the moment was being a part of this industry has been such a great joy in my life for the last 20 years that I've been in the anime industry and I love it so much I love working on it so it was a real humbling opportunity to get back into it Jacob stressed that this was not a one-off special event they're working hard to acquire licenses and all the things required in running an anime dubbing studio this is just the beginning having fans to support their work also makes a tremendous difference it was noted during the stream that technological advances in today's world and Enables them to have people do voice acting from around the world. For example, one voice actor in Zip, Shimezo, voiced their role from the Netherlands. In fact, the majority of this movie was recorded remotely to see the full announcement, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I am so happy to hear that Vic Bignana is getting another chance at this whole thing. I am so happy to hear that he is moving on to grander pastures because it's been probably, I can only imagine some of the darkest times for Vic Bignana throughout this whole process. And to hear that he is coming out and coming back with a vengeance, working hard in a new dubbing studio or whatnot. Shoutouts to Anime Matsuri. And if you guys happen to catch this, if there's anything you would um, want me to do or need me to do, please feel free to reach out. I am definitely interested in working with you guys at any capacity um i love to hear what y'all doing for vic and i love to hear that you know just a, a new venture in general for this you know i guess convention kind of deciding to take the bull by the horns and do some really awesome stuff so absolutely massively support it um any vic Mignana fans highly recommend you go check those out support them so they could get more and so you know this ball could keep rolling you know there's a lot of changes happening in the anime industry as a whole in general and new blood a new dubbing studio is excellent so again i support them to the fullest and I'm just happy to hear that, you know, with all the terrible, terrible, dark stuff that has surrounded that whole situation over the last few years. Seems like everybody is going their separate ways. And I'm just happy for Vic. I'm really happy that despite it all, he's moving forward. And shout outs once again to Anime Matsuri for providing an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? We, this world is so quick to hit that cancel button, right? It's so quick to try and destroy somebody for X, Y, and Z. And there's never any room at this particular point for the redemption story. Here is Vic's redemption story you go Vic we got your back okay people next up I covered this over on the main channel but for those that missed it over here on forever news this is very big in case you don't know it was announced I want to say maybe a week or so ago no at this point I want to say it was a month ago it's been a bit anyway this summer that One Piece was entering its final arc that's why it went on a massive break and we got this final message from the creator of One Piece Eiichiro Oda um, for the final arc of One Piece let's just quickly read and we'll talk Eiichiro Oda's message on One Piece starting its final arc in Weekly Shonen Jump number 34 when I was a kid I had this thought I wish I could draw a manga series in which the ending is the most exciting part I wonder if I'll be up to it now we're almost done with the Wano Country arc and the preparation work is ready it took me 25 years to reach this point ha 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 but it's still fine if you start reading from here from now on this will be one piece i will draw all the mysteries left in this world that i have been hiding until now it's going to be really interesting please fasten your seatbelts. thank you so much i hope you keep up with me a bit longer and it's still crazy to think that this manga has been going on this entire time and we're finally entering the final arc but um yeah it's about freaking time honestly it's about time we get to it now T to be 100 honest with you for people that are like yo that's crazy one piece is finally in let's also put some things into perspective they said naruto was entering its final arc and i always got to say this but it's a fact and considering one piece is from the naruto era it's pretty much the last embers of that generation naruto's final arc was announced i believe september 
September of 2010. Naruto didn't end its final 700 chapter until November of 2014. Put that into perspective for a moment and that's how long, if not even longer, that One Piece can go because there's a million things. So he has to be Pirate King. They gotta find the One Piece. They gotta fight the world government. They gotta fight Blackbeard and them. Gotta find out about Shanks. Gotta find out about the Celestial Dragons. Gotta find out about the Will of D, the Void Sentry. There is a bajillion things. So, hey, we could either get a bombshell every week or this thing, this final arc could be a, a 10-year project. Who the hell knows? I doubt it'll be 10 years. I doubt it'll go past four. That's my opinion, but we gotta wait and see. Either way, final message from Hiro Oda on One Piece ending. Okay, people, this is a stark and harsh reality of the Boruto Naruto Next Generation's anime because one of the things that I always hear about the Boruto anime is, yo, it does so well, it doesn't matter, they're gonna keep on doing everything that we don't like, we don't wanna see these extended fillers that are just bad and have poor animation, but again, the argument has always been, no, 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 it makes too much money, and while it does make a lot of money, because we gotta be clear, there's TV Tokyo, there's the publishers, there's a lot of people that eat off of these IP. The anime itself isn't a high charter. It doesn't rank all that high. In fact, it only managed to crack the top charts one freaking time. This is a harsh and stark truth about the Boruto anime. As a franchise, it makes a lot of money for whatever reason, whether it be because of the video games. I have a theory that they are masking and disguising that a lot of that money is actually coming from Naruto and just translating over to Boruto, but you can't really differentiate, right? Because at the end of the day, Naruto fans see something in Boruto. There's a higher probability that they might grab something just because I love Naruto so much, whatever. Oh my god, there's a sticker of Hokage Naruto with Boruto. I'm gonna go buy that. There's a card game with Hokage Naruto inside of Boruto. I'm gonna buy that. So I think that definitely contributes to a lot of the money that is made. But again, the TV anime itself isn't a high ranker. And we got a little bit of info courtesy of Organic Dinosaur that gives a stark and harsh reality of where Boruto is at as an anime. It's characters, popularity, and just in general, what's going on. FYI, Kawaki ranking at number 2352 points in the best male character category for the 44th Anime Grand Prix is significant. The annual ballot mail-in postcard system for Animage is very well regarded because it is less subject to vote manipulation. One vote per magazine purchase. IIRC eligible nominations are from the previous fiscal year for any broadcasting. For reference, Levi Ackerman was number 21 with 57 points while Satoru Gojo was number 3 with 142 points. So to put it into perspective, Kawaki ranked at number 23 with 52 points. Satoru Gojo uh, did 142 points. So there's a massive difference in the popularity there. And while that's great news in terms of like, yo, dog, yo, it, it actually charted as a, you know, they got a character to chart in one of these things, which in the grand scheme of things, how big is that? Like, hey, Kawaki's a popular character. We all know that. He's the badass that people like. He's a lot of the reason people are keeping up to date with Boruto. This right here is going to shock you. Also, to note about the Boruto anime, the only episode that's achieved a top weekly national ranking thus far was during the time slip arc. Episode number 131, The Power of the QB. You know when Boruto and Sasuke went back to OG Naruto and we saw little Naruto, Jiraiya, you know, the village, all of that jazz. Like those episodes, coincidentally, OG Naruto, uh, were the only ones that managed to have a top weekly national ranking. And it had an average household rating of 1.6% in the Kanto region in the 10th place for the week of, and I remember this, I believe I even reported on this. It was October 28th through November 3rd of 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And that's not good at all. 
only one episode and 200 and however many. What we had like 250 now or something? We were crazy amounts in. And only one episode managed to rank. And that was a 1.6%. And 1.6%, I'm going to tell you right now, is not great at all. To put it into perspective, One Piece on average, I usually see it at like a 4.0, 4.5. Sometimes it goes up to 6 and stuff like that. I've seen it at 7 and 8. So in all of these episodes, even despite, you know, the Momoshiki, the Ishiki versus Naruto and Sasuke, the Boro episode, none of that managed to crack the top 10. It was only when it went back to Naruto, which is why I constantly say, and I understand Boruto fans' frustrations. I'm a Boruto fan that is frustrated. I like Boruto. Like, you can't disregard that because I have criticisms that I am a Boruto fan. They're eventually going to inevitably have to go back to Naruto. Majority of Boruto's success, while yes, there's a lot of elements that are great about it. Like, 2020's manga of Boruto was just one of the best manga for me, period. 2021, the anime dominated and showed the world, yo, Boruto is capable of some shit. But that doesn't negate the fact that the only episode that actually aired top 10, the only episode that grabbed Japan's attention for that week was going back to OG Naruto. And that's not good at all, considering we're a long runner and long runners are a dying breed. I'm going to call it that eventually. Either they're going to have to go more Naruto-centric, more Naruto-focused, or the time skip is going to have to go in a whole different direction. Because how long can they sustain? Like, if the franchise is making money, that's one thing. If the studios that are airing it aren't getting great ratings for this... How long can that really last? How long can it sustain itself not even cracking top 10 despite that they got to crank out an episode every weekend? I guess we got to wait and see. But as it stands right now, Boruto anime and 200 plus episodes. Again, I don't even know where we're at right now. I lost track after we passed Naruto's 220. So it's not doing great at all. This is not good. Kawaki is popular. Great. Gojo is three times popular. And I'm not saying this to shit on Boruto. I'm saying this that this right here is the reality of the popularity of the Boruto anime. Accept it. Attack on Titan fans, massive, massive news and probably a little bit of spoiler stuff, but it's a word from the creator of Attack on Titan, Hajime Isayama, in particular naming something. Well, no, actually it's not spoilers. This already was showcased in the anime, if I'm not mistaken. Something massive for the Attack on Titan series that was surprisingly overlooked within the manga because towards the end of Attack on Titan, there is a giant new Titan, so to speak, that went nameless. It never got named in the manga. A lot of people were just like, hey, that's that ultimate form thingy majig. Well, apparently they finally named it and it's not the greatest name in the world. In fact, I'm starting to look at the Japanese like, yo, dog, between Toriyama naming Piccolo's new form in Dragon Ball Super Superhero Piccolo Orange and Beast Gohan, what are y'all doing? I get it that y'all trying to make these names as simple as possible so that way anybody could just, oh, that's that, but Jesus Christ, Hajime Isayama. Attack on Titan's creator gives everyone final Titan form and official name. The original creator behind Attack on Titan has finally explained that there's actually a real name for Eren Yeager's final Titan transformation in the series. While the series is currently hard at work with the third and presumably final part of the third and fourth season of the anime, the original manga series wrapped up its run quite some time ago. It's led fans to wonder about whether or not the end of the series works and whether or not the anime will adapt it as is. But those are also far from the only questions fans have had about the series when it ended. With Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2 gearing up for his next Blu-ray and DVD home media release overseas, so they basically revealed this as like a promotional tool. Gotcha. The official Twitter account for the series has revealed some slick new art of Eren's new transformation that fans see at the end of Part 2's episodes. This form was actually never given an official name within the 
context of the original manga, and thus series creator Hajime Isayama has provided the name of this new form to the anime staff. As fans might have guessed, this Eren form has been dubbed the Final Titan. Wow. <laughs> hey, the final titan. No shit, Sherlock. It is the final freaking titan. Like, yo, the Japanese, the, the, the manga con in particular. I don't know if it's the publishing companies that are saying, yo, make this shit as easy as a three-year-old can know it and an 83-year-old can know it or what the hell is going on because dog like the final titan i mean hey it, it works it's not a bad name per se but it's just like you couldn't come up with anything else mystical titan or titan of the end like final titan okay <laughs> i know it's not the biggest thing in the world but i find it to be quite hilarious that the final titan is the final titan yeah thanks isayama but also an attack on titan related news attack on titan anime fans you've got a little bit something here because recently with the release of the latest blu-ray dvd it might be the final one of the last batch of episodes uh they came with a lot of changes there's a lot of scenes that were updated usually they improve the visuals and whatnot of the home video releases for anime so like if you've ever seen a dragon ball super episode 5 for example they actually updated that terrible look of goku while he was fighting Beerus and it looked a lot better on Blu-ray. Well, they did the same thing with Attack on Titan and with it came a couple of comments in particular from MAPPA Studios which they finally addressed something big in terms of the change from Studio Wit to Studio MAPPA. Uh, it says here, Hiroshi Seko, screenwriter on Attack on Titan at the MAPPA panel in Japan Expo 2022. I feel that this change between Wit and MAPPA is good since it also represents the change in work so essentially what fans have mostly said for the most part because attack on titan changed damn near dramatically i would argue it's like a whole different series after season three it kind of fit it fit to change the studios the art style changed a little bit got a little more serious and grittier not that the previous art style was not serious but the kind of character models got a little bit sharper a little bit more darker in color and stuff like that I, I i definitely think i agree i definitely agree with dude is saying like it actually benefits that hey series changed as a whole moving forward yeah this should also change and reflect in the art and also they just updated a lot of visuals even some stuff like flashbacks from the previous one they went in and kind of tweaked it and i ain't gonna lie i'm not mad at it It looks pretty dope but also it's very interesting the relationship between studio wit and studio mappa because haven't they lost like two titles to them now if spy family goes to them all hope is lost thankfully they got clover work holding them down and having their back but geez like wit hold it together i swear to god ranking of kings dog don't don't play with me ranking of kings we better get that season two and studio whip better hold it together i don't know what's happening over there whatever advertisers whatever sponsors if i had the money i'm not even gonna lie i would 100 go over there and be like what's good i got the bread i just want to be a silent partner i just want to help out that's it like i could be a silent partner we'll get money in the back end i will promote the fuck out of that on my forever world and forever news channel i'm just saying let's make it happen my hero academia fans massive massive news in case you don't know season six of my hero academia if they do it right if studio bones cares enough if studio bones isn't too focused on i don't know mob psycho 100 season three and just in general movies and all the other crap that they decide to do instead of focusing in on my hero academia season six should ideally be the best season like season five was supposed to be the best up to that point but you know that ship has kind of sailed but season six is supposed to be the best season and a lot of fans 
including myself, are very, very much so excited because, yeah, there's a lot of really awesome stuff. And we finally, finally got the official full release date for Season 6 when it starts. It says here, My Hero Academia Anime Season 6 broadcast begins from October 1st. So straight away, the fall season, in case you missed it, over on my Forever World channel, I talked about all the anime from the fall season that you should be watching, all the gems and whatnot. Go check that video out. I'll have it right here whatnot um go check it out it's a great video and also my hero academia starting october like this year is about to oh my god it's like the summer is the last embers of the shit we've had to put up with in 2022 just the last embers and once we jump in straight away in fact i'm lying because august we already got dragon ball super superhero is coming to theaters could argue whether or not you know to be excited about that i'm excited um and then september jojo's october everything else baby let's freaking go my hero october 1st kicking off the fall season in the best way possible I, i'm beyond excited i'm ecstatic i'm i'm just riveted for it mate no <laughs> in particular i'll just say this shigaraki tomura fanboys we're about to eat so long they don't drop the ball so long they don't pull some bullshit like i'm watching studio bones very closely black clover fans i am beyond ecstatic to bring you this little nugget of massive massive information for the upcoming return july 31st black clover is returning with a vengeance and we've got a little bit of a teaser of what's about to go down i mean yeah you probably either saw by the timestamp or the title or wherever the heck you are watching this right now but black clover's return is going to be massive and we're getting a time skip with the final saga and everything Let's just read everything we got here right now because baby, this is exciting to be a Black Clover fan. For starters, it says Black Clover's manga final arc slash saga, those who become the strongest wizard king now that's not exactly the most accurate translation it might be a little bit different basically these are fan translations but essentially the final arc slash saga is more or less going to be those who become the strongest wizard king because if you're reading black clover which don't worry i will not spoil but if you're reading black clover you know how the last chapter before the hiatus was so this is going to be obviously the big main focus of it but Aside from that, because that, that's great, that's huge, that's massive already, that, okay, it's going to really focus on Asta and Yuno's dream, the whole point of the story to begin with, right? He want to be Wizard King, he want to be Wizard King. Well, it, it, it takes it a step further to tell us that Black Clover Chapter 332's preview is a little over a year after the fierce battle asta and the others are summoned and there's no art yet but a little over a year so we got another time skip incoming and i honestly i'm gonna straight up say it up and down i really 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 hope yuki tabata goes the route of kobe from one piece and what i mean by that is throw it within a year that asta is like jacked and, and tall as shit like well he's already jacked now after the last time skip but make it that he either grew taller or just i don't know he got a mustache now or his his hair is long or some shit and not cut preferably i hate when they do that oh my god hiro mashima had me so upset when he debuted natsu after that time skip and natsu had the long hair and it was like the coolest design i had ever seen and then oh yeah we're cutting it i was like hiro mashima why must you tease us with amazing character designs and take them away so if you're gonna give long hair to either asta or you know don't do it dog don't cut it or at the very least if you hate drawing that long shit then put it in a ponytail and when he gets into a fight then it comes out but don't please because 
that will be epic as hell to see them with that design but either way another freaking time skip for black clover which i have no doubt in my mind this is going to be same for like one piece down the road we're probably going to get another one and considering it's going into its final arc yeah that, that makes sense but holy snap a freaking time skip let's go y'all y'all know for now man and my bag is i love time skips because it begins anew a fresh start so to speak and it's crazy that holy snap black clover and boruto started around the same time and black clover is getting to a second time skip before boruto's gotten into the first one that was teased to us ages ago like where they do that at black clover is where they do that and i'm not trying to put down boruto by any means i'm just saying that <laughs> yo let's go another time skip what do you want from this i'm gonna just straight up i have to ask what do you guys want from black clover's time skip do you want new designs do you want new powers do you want to see like i don't freaking know leave look different you want you know noel mimosa um yami oh my god there's just so many freaking things I, I can't even believe it we're going into a new time skip into the strongest wizard king arc saga <laughs> black clover i'm gonna say it again if you're a black clover fan i don't know i just want to say i love you <laughs> i'm just too excited right now shout outs to all you guys shout outs to that black clover greatness the black clover hive guess what people it's time july 31st we move baby let's go okay people this is probably going to go down as one of the most historic crossovers and one of the biggest crossovers that we've seen in manga history and i'm not exaggerating this is to the levels of anybody that's ever heard of who framed roger rabbit the movie that movie is iconic for many different reasons but in particular one of the biggest things that it did was it showed crossovers that you never thought you would see happen you never thought in a million years that you was going to see bugs bunny and mickey mouse on top of that with a live action backdrop in a film together like in real you know like actually canonic well there's no canon but you know what i'm saying by the real creators not just fans putting them together you got to see this crossover between disney warner brothers all sorts of stuff that you're more than likely never gonna see again they did it and this right here is pretty much the equivalent to that but with manga because y'all know jump force was and j stars victory versus was like the video game version of this this is the manga version of a crossover that probably will never happen again i'm still speechless that this is actually happening considering the fact that these two conglomerates that are crossing over shonen jump and shonen sunday are from two rival publishers shogakugan and shueisha are rivals the only thing i could think of is that the japanese have realized throughout the time that yo dog uh the west is starting to buy in the west is going to eat us alive let's join arms and work together to make this shit happen and get the biggest bags and protect ourselves like that's the only other reason i can see a crossover like this happening because this is unheard of dog they are rivals they don't rock with each other like that so to see it it's insane because according to this right here we got one piece and detective conan having a joint cover spread feature on weekly shonen jump issues number 34 and issue number 35 pretty much it's two covers back to back one is with luffy and a character from conan and another is conan and a character from one piece zoro and holy shit i have to get both magazines absolutely and i have to get them framed like this is a must anybody that collects shonen jumper you just want to buy some cool shit go to ebay look it up look up weekly shonen jump 2022 34 35 you should buy it this is probably also going to be worth some type of bread down the road because this is the manga equivalent to who framed roger rabbit and i know you're probably thinking for nab you're exaggerating like no by all means this is historic this is something huge because again these are two creators that not only are their anime still ongoing 
ongoing and a market that ongoing anime is pretty much dead aside from those two and boruto what's really ongoing there's almost nothing you know black clover was one of the last new gen to try it and of course black clover ended with 170 these two are way past a thousand episodes way past a thousand chapters and continuing to move and this is just beautiful dog i could cry to see something like this that you know 12 years ago when i started really getting heavily into anime and manga I never thought that I would see something like this. It's just two separate entities, but they came together and we also got a little bit of, I believe it's an interview if I'm not mistaken. Let's check it out. This is Hiroyuki Nakano, the weekly Shonen Jump editor-in-chief. I am incredibly happy to announce this joint project, which I know will surprise and delight many manga fans all over Japan and the rest of the world. No, you really shocked the living shit out of me, okay? I did not expect to ever see this. You shocked me. I, yeah, you, you got me there. Uh, I want to pay my up most respect to both mangaka who continue leading the way in this grueling world of weekly manga series even after more than a hundred volumes i also want to express my gratitude to the fact that we're able to live in an era in which both detective conan and one piece are simultaneously serialized let's continue to support conan and luffy as they face greater mysteries i love how they did it like yo this is a carefully crafted statement this was not the dude just sat down and wrote on his laptop the fact that he put as they face greater mysteries the mysteries part is conan faces mysteries it's a mystery series and facing greater facing greater foes for one piece so classic honestly this is this is a legendary moment if you're a manga fan you need to be excited i'm telling you you should be excited because this is big and this is also going to continue laying groundwork for future endeavors like we could actually see at some given point a shogakugan meets shueisha crossover game which shogakugan doesn't have the largest catalog of battle series but we get something where it's like magi showing up in a freaking jump game or something and magi oh one of the greatest battle series of all time if you haven't read magi and you're thinking man i want to read a uh you know shonen manga go read magi right now like right freaking pause this video pull it up play the video again listen to me talk and read some magi you will laugh you will cry you will question your existence 1000 percent you're gonna question it and yeah highly highly recommend you get excited about this and also i, I don't know i'm turning this into a magi recommendation video nah for real on some real shit for gosho aoyama for Eichiro Oda, for Shueisha, and Shogakugan. And this is something, if anything, this is a teachable moment real quick. Hold up, I gotta, I gotta do it, I'm sorry. If these two multi-million dollar corporations can join forces to do something like this, why the hell is there so much division? Like, even amongst creators on YouTube, dudes is like, I can't rock with him, I can't do a video with him, I'm too, like, no, shut up! If Conan and Luffy can do it, if Eichiro Oda and Gosho Aoyama, if Shueisha and Shogaku go out and jump and Shonen Sunday can do it, stop! Stop. But seriously, folks, it's a great time to be an anime and manga fan. I'm not gonna lie. Eden Zero fans or fans of Hiromashima's various works because you probably should be a fan of Hiromashima. Dude is amazing. He's a icon. He's somebody to look up to aside from the etchiness and some of the questionable things in fairy tale. This dude is amazing. However, Eden Zero, the countdown is on. The countdown towards the end has begun because over on Twitter, Hiromashima and 
in one of the various endeavors that he gets into from YouTube to manga to all sorts of stuff. You already know the drill. In case you don't, this man does a lot. Um, over on Twitter and Spaces, he conducted a, I guess you would say mini interview, but basically he answered a lot of questions and he went into detail in particular about Eden's Zero and how initially he wasn't really planning on going long with Eden Zero. He felt like, yo, dog, been doing this a long time. I did two full-length, long battles shown in serializations with Rave and then Fairy Tale. I believe he even said that he was only going to go for about like a hundred chapters. And due to X, Y, and Z reasons, of course, he went further. And now he actually gave a countdown to the end. It says here, Hiromashima said that when he started Eden Zero, he didn't even think he would make it to 200 chapters long. Okay, my bad. So he said 200, not 100. He said he pretty much wouldn't make it to 200 chapters, which is about four years. He probably thought he was going to do maybe like three years and call it a day he wanted to make it shorter because he thought he was getting older and that would make him lose concentration and he doesn't think that it even has 200 more chapters left it's 100 plus he basically said about 100 plus chapters he probably won't get to 200 but that's a clear indication of well he thought that he wasn't going to get to you know 200 and we're already 200 chapters over i'm guessing we got anywhere from you know do the math about two to four years maybe three years left with it it just really depends with eden zero depends on how things go with the netflix anime adaptation it kind of has a lot of variables and whatnot but ultimately it seems as though eden zero won't be going you know to 500 600 chapters i, I believe what was fairy tale 500 chapters i wouldn't be surprised if hiromashima probably ends it again within about three years i'm gonna call it especially the fact that he got so many other things like granted hiromashima is a hustler and maybe it's just right now he's feeling a little bit of a burnout so that's probably why he said i don't know but unless hiromashima has something massive lined up moving forward outside of eden zero and he's like yo i don't want to do this anymore i got bigger and grander ideas then he'll probably do it till no more than four years i'm going to say maybe two or three because if he's talking like this now it's probably that it's weighing on him of dog i don't really want to do this like that like if he's saying it doesn't even have 200 chapters left and it's more like maybe 100 we probably got about again two to three more years with eden zero which i'm not caught up and i've been wanting to catch up it's just one of those things where i got a lot of things on my plate right now so it's a wee bit difficult to get to it mate but ultimately i definitely want to catch up because if we're getting ready to wrap up in the next couple years it gives an end time and also this is another sign of the times this is something that i've been talking about a lot over this year alone of they're going a different direction with the anime manga industry they're not trying to make manga last that long anymore because as it continues to go on yes it could continue on in popularity but they're trying to do the wham bam get it done type of approach where if you're gonna do three or four years that's fine you end it the anime will carry it the rest of the way the anime will make the money and that's because anime is more popular than ever in the world it is globally a phenomenon now and anime is way more popular than manga and there's a lot more money to be made where licensing these anime you know merchandise and stuff like that than solely counting on volume sales volume sales was a big thing but considering volumes are going also you know manga everything is going digital right now right so manga going digital they can't necessarily continue to count on volume sales forever eventually it's not going to be that profitable going the anime direction where they could get you know millions of dollars to license it to you know indonesia all of these other places is probably why hiromashima will probably only go a few more years and then let eden zero's anime carry it the rest of the way for you know the revenue and i'll be honest with you i'm all fine with this especially for creatives like hiromashima hiromashima is somebody that he wants to do so many different things that it probably weighs on him like 
doing this long serialization like there's probably a part of him that he's so used to it that he doesn't want to stop working but then at the same time i'd imagine he got so many other passions that this is holding him back i wouldn't be surprised if this is the last long-running shonen battle classic type of shonen battle series that he does like he did fairy tale and rave and now eden zero probably the next manga he should do should be something different whether it be a etchy series whether it be a horror series whatever it may be although Hiromashima doesn't seem like somebody meant for horror. Maybe like Horikoshi, Koya Horikoshi, author of My Hero Academia. He could do horror. Hiromashima. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people will probably say, well, the next step is he should be drawing doujinshi um, hentai, right? No. <laughs> Whatever it is, we're here to support, but as it stands, Eden Zero won't pass 200 more chapters, and it's less likely than that, more so that it'll probably go about a little over 100 plus. Okay, next up, this is something very interesting, and I'm going to tell you why, because the author, not the artist Boichi, the author, Richiro Inagaki of Dr. Stone, has a new work in a totally different magazine, in a totally different publication than Shonen Jump and Shueisha. Y'all know that Dr. Stone ran for a good bit, and in fact, it kind of doesn't even feel like it's over like they just had that special chapter or whatnot but it seems as though either contractually or morally i don't know what has changed in you know the manga industry or whatever but i've noticed that a lot of authors are a little more free to jump to other publications where in the past it was yo you with us you with us and they would be looked at in my opinion as traitors if they left that's just how i felt when i would see it like Oh, damn, you know, they, they really ain't gonna rock with them. So it's very interesting to note that Richiro Inagaki, similar to Boichi, where he went to another magazine and for sad reasons couldn't continue on with the manga that he was doing. Now, Richiro Inagaki, it says here, It Thriller, or IT Thriller, I'm not sure, a trillion game by Dr. Stone writer Inagaki Richiro and Ikegami Ryoichi is on the cover of the Big Comic Superior issue 16, 2022. Uh, and there's a French release for it or whatever. And it's just fascinating to see because, again, first of all, we saw Boichi. He went out of, you know, his way and did a few other things with his art and kind of drawing other series and other publications. And now we see that Richiro Inagaki is in big comic superior. So, obviously, Dr. Stone is over. They should ideally be free to do whatever. But considering the way that Jump is positioning Dr. Stone, that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a few years from now, if Dr. Stone has enough hype, they could even bring that shit back. But it's kind of cool also, and I'm happy for these creators that yeah go get the bag and big comic superior or whatever because i'm sure being richiro inagaki you can demand a nice hefty bag for dog i'm inagaki i did dr stone give me that fucking bag right now i slapped the shit out of you <laughs> but big ups to richiro inagaki again a little series that he's working on i'm not sure if this is a one shot or what's the deal but in big comic superior um he got something called it thriller so if you're into richiro inagaki as an author you like what he does you might want to check that out the art kind of looks interesting it's a dude with a cool hairstyle ponytail um surfing so uh, i don't know it's a thriller of surfing okay people if everyone is not special maybe you can be what you want to be zule zule no. <laughs> mob psycho 100 fans now or never mob psycho is apparently going to be premiering um at crunchyroll expo its first couple of episodes it says here mob psycho 100 season 3 episodes 1 and 2 will be pre-screened at crunchyroll expo 2022 on august 5th so not only do they got the chainsaw man trailer they got this they got a few different things crunchyroll is becoming a powerhouse like i, I feel like as big of a thing as this is which makes me really want to go to crunchyroll expo yo crunchyroll what up it's big for 
We rock before the past. Hit me up. We can do some shit. But Crunchyroll Expo is looking to be big. And not only that, Crunchyroll itself is becoming a massive conglomerate ever since Sony bought it off and whatnot because, yo, dog, you're getting exclusive premieres at your convention. Like, this is not something to sniff at. This is something where y'all already know they were complaining recently about Mob Psycho 100 Season 3's opening being leaked and now they're putting out these episodes. High possibility they could get leaked too, although I'd imagine they're going to be watching everyone like a hawk in there. If you're going to Crunchyroll Expo and you're watching this right now, don't do it, dog. They're going to throw your ass out. They're going to smash your phone. They're going to have... I don't freaking know. One is going to come and just one punch man Saitama you to the face and grab your phone, dog. Don't do it. They're going to be watching out like a hawk. But yeah, episodes one and two of Mob Psycho 100 season three are going to be premiered, which is good news as well. That means that Bones already has pretty much majority of the production, if not all, done and ready to go for the first couple episodes. That That's great to hear. That means there's not going to be much, you know, hiccups. Not that Mob Psycho has ever had hiccups because for whatever reason, Bones decided, hey, we're going to put in all the works on mob psycho and make it great which realistically that's how it should be wink wink nudge nudge my hero academia season four and five just saying okay people next up in case you don't know the author the original author of the Yu-Gi-Oh manga series kazuki takahashi recently passed away it was according to coroner's reports due to a snorkeling accident he was found on the shore in snorkeling gear and you know really sad time and a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh fans across the globe have been mourning and whatnot and apparently according to this it says weekly shonen jump editor and serialized authors pay condolences on the passing of Yu-Gi-Oh! mangaka Kazuki Takahashi in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 34. And if you follow Forever News, definitely that issue. As long as I get my hands on it, I will let you guys know everything that is said because this is a time of mourning for this author. He changed the world. Honestly, Yu-Gi-Oh! ruled the United States especially for many years. The early 2000s all the way to like 08, I want to say. Yu-Gi-Oh! was everything for kids and even adults around the world. I used to be 10 years old dueling against adults and shit like that so Yu-Gi-Oh fans around the world uh this is going to be a very special um issue of Weekly Shonen Jump paying respects to Kazuki Takahashi and yeah it's a sad time but um I'll definitely report on everything that is said because I know a lot of people are mourning okay next up this is something of a small update but definitely wanted to bring it to you guys' attention because y'all already know one of the biggest festivals one of the biggest stages where they announce like everything for anime and manga or they supposed to a few years they drop the ball like they'll make a big boruto stage and we get absolutely jack diddly squat (laughs) but uh jump festa you probably heard of jump festa you probably heard it from me a million times well jump festa 2023 has been announced it says here jump festa 2023 will be held this year on december 17th and december 18th a big event where lots of anime manga announcements related to Jump Shueisha will be made. Again, this is where all the big stuff goes down and it, it gives us a heads up now, even though we're all the way in July, but December 17th and 18th, which is usually the dates it'll be happening and I believe they're going to do an in-person as well. And man, if I could get my ass to Japan for that, I would love to give you guys live coverage. Even though I don't really know Japanese like that, I'd have a translator be like, yo, tell me what, what it said. Or I'll just have the, the phone with the Japanese to English translator app open and have everything said there, even though it's probably not the most accurate but it would be a fun experience and either way i just would have a blast going to japan for this and yeah uh jump festa 2023 already a confirmed thing and i hope they do it a little bit different too uh hello global
couple simultaneous announcements for us, please. Thank you. Like, that would be huge, and we would all love it. Like, I hate having to go to, like, X, Y, and Z backdoor sources to watch this shit, and it's not, well, that is not made for you. Then, no, it is made for me because I consume all of the products that they eventually are going to bring anyway. So, yes, it is a 1,000% meant for people like me. I mean, for crying out loud, look behind me. Hello, people like me that love anime and manga. So, make it globally simultaneous, easy. Let me go to the Jump YouTube channel and watch five stages at once, please. Okay, people, so you may have caught last week we spoke about a lot of Jump authors are getting sick. A lot of Shonen Jump authors have been getting ill, whether they're in Shonen Jump, Jump Plus. It's been a travesty to the point where I believe it was stage S, a manga in Jump Plus, has to go on indefinite hiatus due to the author being sick. We know that World Trigger author is constantly sick. We know Yoshihiro Togashi, his back problems is legendary at this point because of all the stuff that has happened behind it. And now a newbie with Rui Drag it seems as though this mangaka um, is not catching a break and in fact so much so the author actually did an apology letter and yeah there's more to it but let's read apology letter to fans from Rui Dragon mangaka Masaoki Shindo sensei writes the editor commented that it kind of feels like the final chapter when the fifth chapter was submitted later on they got sick and had to take a week off he apologized for it since it's at very early stages of the series I've been so flustered with all the firsts and things I especially put off taking care of my health I'm going to prepare myself to stay in shape during this time. Those who have been involved with Rui Dragon, to those of you who have read it, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry, Rui. Thank you for enjoying it, even though it just started. And then right after that, off the heels of the hiatus, it says Rui Dragon will be going on another break next week in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 35. And the series should resume in issue number 36, which means that this isn't a false alarm. This isn't a fly-by-night thing. If the author got sick last week and is sick once again, yeah, this is not good, especially starting early on. If this continues on, like, yo... Shout outs to the author getting these breaks. That's great. But if this continues to go the way it is, this author will eventually be a low priority for Jump. And they will look at it like, hey, it got a good reception. A lot of people are talking about it, but the author can't, you know, do the weekly thing. So they could very well say, you know what? We're not going to pay much attention to it. We're going to give it the axe or ideally I would prefer for it to go either monthly or go to Jump Plus or something else. If the author can't work, if the author is getting too sick already early on, it might not be the best to be in Weekly Shonen Jump. And I'm not saying this as a dream crusher or whatever, but we realistically, we know how Jump is. We know their axe there quickly. Like, yo, what? Your elbow itches? Get, somebody get the axe. Get this motherfucker out of our magazine quick. Like, they're really, really up in arms about any and everything. If you ain't charting well, you're out of here. If fans is backlashing, go on a three-month hiatus. Get the fuck out of here. Like, they are really, really bad with it. So, sending best wishes and positivity to the author, Rui Dragon, to get well. Please, um, I hope that they take the rest. I hope that that week, they're not there like the legendary story of Yoshihiro Tagashi where he was sick and he hurt himself and he was in the hospital drawing Yu Yu Hakusho. Please, don't do that. Take that week and relax. Maybe, you know, you want to gather your thoughts. You want to write a note here or two. But, ultimately unplug unplug sometimes you gotta unplug it was uh, I, I don't know a week ago for the first time in ages i turned off all my devices all my phones i went out and i had amazing time and i felt when i came back so refreshed and rejuvenated take that weekend relax and get better honestly just get better but yeah people author of Rui dragon's apology letter and another break incoming for the series if you're a fan of it it's not looking good because we're 
just starting and already some breaks and health issues sending positive energy all around okay so this is very vital for fans of shonen jump bar none if you enjoy shonen jump manga then this is something that you might want to be in tune with because in case you didn't know as of recent the editor of my hero academia a very infamous editor he was also the editor of the hunters guild red hood and my hero academia he took over about the last time medio returned in the my hero academia manga he was recently transferred out some say fired he was taken off of damn near every project except like one manga whatnot and a lot of fans say holy cow the writing just all of a sudden improved a lot of people blame him for the cancellation of samurai 8 the tale of hachimaru the creator of naruto's last manga that he tried doing um the hunter's guild red hood author the last couple chapters was very meta with what seems to be pointing the finger at yo dog my editor ruined everything the editor fucked it all up he's the the problem right here and getting rid of him was a very big deal now shonen jump they did a lot of things where they publicly announced all of the shuffling of the editors for weekly shonen jump and we have a list now so now we have names to blame okay people now we got names to look at like yo when shit starts going left when we get transfers and whatnot of editors and shit like that now we can say oh shit so they got rid of x y and z let's take a look at the list of the names we got of the editors of who's taking care of what manga so for example we got the katayama team katayama is the editor that is taking care of jujutsu kaisen and doron dororon i'd imagine that's why doron dororon is also lasting if dude that does jujutsu kaisen which outside of one piece no i scratch that it right now is the highest selling manga every volume that comes out in shonen jump like it does better than every other series in the magazine like that's probably why doron is lasting if he would have gotten uh tagushi sensei yeah it would have been terrible so that's probably why shout outs to katayama then we have iwasaki the current editor of one piece and one piece been <laughs> quite i don't even know the greatness recently uh undead on luck hashimoto Mm, Hashimoto I don't know how long you've been with Undead Unluck if you just got shuffled in hopefully you could save it in its final hour because it's ending but Undead Unluck it didn't get the treatment it deserves I feel um Araki he's doing Mission Yozakura Family I've heard nothing but positive things about Yozakura Family and I can't stress enough the art just looks so cool like shout out to Yozakura Family then we got the Takano team Takano is the one doing Pipa Pipa P Pipa Pipa P has stood the test of time despite the fact that I had ridicule of what stood the test of time uh, Azuma, the elusive samurai. Okay. Uh, Fukuda, I believe he's the new guy that has taken over for Black Clover. Oh my god, Fukuda. Fukuda, please. This is the final arc. We're going in the final stretch. Fukuda, we're watching you. We're watching you closely with a microscope, dog. Don't play. Not 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 the Clover Clover Hive. Get him if he fucks around, okay? <laughs> the new editor, thank goodness, for My Hero Academia, Imamura. Imamura, we're going to be watching you. And then there's somebody, Anayama, but they're not saying which series Anayama is taken care of. Then we got the Murakoshi team. Murakoshi is doing Blue Box and Akane Banashi. Surprisingly, two noobs that are blowing up. Hello, this is how you do it. So, shout outs to Murakoshi. Uh, Ishikawa, Sakamoto Days. Sakamoto Days, I've never heard one bad thing about Sakamoto Days. Not one. Shout outs to that editor. And again, of course, the authors. But I'm just, this is the time for the editors to shine, whether negative or positive. Okay, got, gotta be clear about that. Uh, we got Mutsumori, High School Family. I never hear shit about High School Family. And then we got Takahashi. Takahashi, I'd imagine, is probably, maybe these ones that they don't have a series are probably substitutes or, hey, hit them up for time to time. So that's probably. And then lastly, we got the Sugita group. Sugita does Mia Roboco. My God, I've really become a big fan of Mia Roboco. Shout outs to Mia Roboco. 
We got Asai, Marshall. Marshall is about to end soon, but shout-outs to Asai. And we got Muraoka, who does Aliens Area. I don't even know what the hell that is. Oh, it's a new series, right? The art actually looked pretty cool. I got to look into that one. And then Kuahara, not to be confused with Kuabara, although the own dub of it in the 90s from Pioneer confused Kuabara with Kuahara. Yu Yu Hakusho reference. Either way, yeah. So now you guys know. I'll put it up on the screen so you can see. Blame these motherfuckers when shit starts going left. I blame them as well. Not only looking at, oh, Horikoshi, oh, Oda, oh, Tabata. These dudes put their names in the mix as well. There you go. And by no means am I saying to attack, harass, and bully. I'm saying that we've seen the difference. We've seen what an editor can do. We've seen that editors have a lot of control and a lot of say-so on our favorite series. These are the dudes that are taking care of it. I have no doubt in my mind that Iwasaki probably has the, I was going to say the easiest job in the world, but well, One Piece is a massive project, so maybe not. And probably he's intimidated like, yo, you mess up one thing, dog. They're going to fling your ass out of Shueisha through a cannonball. <laughs> Dragon Ball gaming fans. Yes, fans that love Dragon Ball games. In case you don't remember there was a game announced a while back dragon ball breakers breaking them balls fam no but dragon ball breakers um and we didn't get no release date all we got was a trailer and a lot of people you know rushed in to get to the beta unfortunately i wasn't one of those people i never got a chance to play it but either way we got finally a release date for dragon ball the breakers it says here dragon ball the breakers launches october 13th in japan and october 14th worldwide they got to give their home country a day ahead of us huh uh, dragon ball the breakers will launch for ps4 xbox one Switch and PC automatically killed off a massive fan base of the PS5 because I play on PS5 so yeah Maybe I'll go to, I don't know, my nephew will jump on his PlayStation to play it. But uh, MPC via Steam on October 13th in Japan and October 14th worldwide, publisher Bandai Namco and developer Dimps announced the game will be available in the following editions. There's the standard edition, digital only. This includes a full copy of Dragon Ball The Breakers, an Android 18 skill, wall kick, transfer, and a scouter blue accessory. Details on digital pre-order availability will be available at a later date. Then there's the special edition. This includes includes the full game, a customizable costume, a dragon yellow vehicle skin, a two-handed good victory pose, an Android 18 skill wall kick, transfer, and a scouter blue accessory. Limited edition bundle, the Bandai Namco store exclusive. If I do get this game, which I probably will because it just sounds too much fun. I, I said, hey, I got PS5, but playing with my niece and nephew, this this just seems like the game we will have so much fun with. Uh, this includes the full game, all special edition exclusive content, and eight, yeah, so everything that was just announced. I'm not going to repeat it. Oh, wait. No, there's a couple extra things. A Dragon Ball, the Breakers themed steelbook, an exclusive cell shell figure, and the Portara Green accessory, which is a timed exclusive Bandai Namco store bonus. And there was a closed network test that will be held across platforms August 5th and 6th. Users can register, which I'll probably just wait at this particular point. Like, I already missed out on the first beta, so... Mm. During the test, the newly announced Raider Frieza and previously revealed Raider Cell will be available to play. Survivors will also have access to Oolong and and Bulma and they have session times or whatever but yeah so we finally got the date October 14th worldwide October 13th for Japan you'll be able to play Dragon Ball the breakers and again this just seems like so much fun with my kids like <laughs> that's really the main thing like I'm gonna be having a blast messing with my kids they're not gonna know who's Oolong and all of this and I'm gonna be like I right, I'm gonna show y'all Oolong dog I'm gonna outrun all you motherfuckers fuck out of here <laughs> I'm actually really excited for this one. I, I just really don't understand why they excluded PS5. Like, that should be slam dunk. Why not? So, kind of puzzling. Although, maybe 
considering it's on PS4, maybe I could still play it on my PS5. I, I don't know how that works, but Dragon Ball Breakers, gonna be fun. Moving forward. Now, I'm not 100% sure on the validity of this one. I'm pretty sure, but not 100% sure, so take this as rumor for the time being. But allegedly, in case you don't know, Solo Leveling, we reported on it recently that Solo Leveling has officially been confirmed to be getting an anime. They put out a little PV teaser. Didn't have any animation. It was just like, hey, Solo Leveling anime is coming and it's gonna be produced by, if I'm not mistaken, A1 Pictures, which is great. A1 Pictures does great work or whatnot. But this one right here, if this is indeed true, is very alarming. Because according to this, it says, Solo Leveling anime will change the MC's nationality. According to this, it says, Solo Leveling's MC, Song Jing Woo, will be from Japan and he will have a different name. So essentially, they're doing what the West used to do when they would license stuff from Japan over here and we would go from like Usagi to Serena and all of that jazz and I mean there was even certain points where they were damn near changing shit like Krillin to Bob and stuff like yo they were wildin and it seems to be the case over there now I'm not exactly sure and I don't really want to get into the you know ins and outs of the history between you know Korea and Japan and all that jazz but I'd imagine there's some sensitivity to that as well but I think more so it's not really my place to say how people should feel I'm asking anybody out there that is either located in Korea or from Korea or just in general from that culture in particular or even from the Japanese side of things anybody that knows a Japanese friend or you're a Japanese native how is the climate for that one how do you guys feel about it in terms of the big change for me I see it as what used to happen coming again from Japan to the west when they would localize things and change shit so that way it could kind of be a little bit more palatable to audiences that aren't familiar with that or maybe it's a little bit darker or it's just vastly different i feel like the reason they're doing that is well just like what they did over here in america but maybe i'm off on that maybe there's more to the story and either way i'm not necessarily fond of it i don't like that idea i don't understand considering you know the internet is vast and wide anybody has access to it what would be the reason of changing things because if there's anything culturally relevant to korea or whatnot in there aside from names then they're probably going to have to change a lot of things too like are all the characters going to get name changes or it's just going to be him are all the characters are going to be from japan is the setting gonna like how far are we going to go with this so it's definitely a slippery slope and definitely reminds me of the cringiness and how fans used to really freaking hate and be an outrage when they would do this shit for you know anime coming to the states they're now doing it with yeah a korean manhua they're bringing that shit over to japan and doing things like that and i'd imagine there's probably not going to be much appreciation i'd imagine people over there the you know day one fans of solo leveling are going to be a little bit feeling like rubbed the wrong way just in general like keep the name what's the big freaking deal maybe relations are a little bit hazy over there maybe there's some tension but i don't know i just think that that's a big mistake and eventually down the road like and it also makes me look at solo leveling as well like how much are they going to experiment because like if you're doing things like this this could be an offset for failure like we already had a couple of ones like tower of god god of high school neither one of them were able to capture the magic and live up to the potential a lot of people felt like a lot of people felt oh boom we're about to get the big webtoon takeover we're about to get the manhua you know takeover with all of those titles People weren't really fond of them. They were rushed adaptations. God of High School just felt like one big fight. And if they're doing things like this with solo leveling, experimenting with changing names and nationalities, how far are we going to go with this? And this could lead to disaster. But we got to wait and see. Either way, 
Um, supposedly, solo leveling anime will be changing the MC's nationality and name. I don't like it. Okay, so I found this to be very interesting. If you're a subscriber of Crunchyroll, if you have a Crunchyroll account in various parts of the world, apparently they're going to be decreasing the prices for their monthly membership. However, don't get too crazy because I've seen that there's a couple of places, very notable places that are absent. But according to this, it says Crunchyroll lowers monthly price in almost 100 territories. Crunchyroll announced on Monday that it has immediately reduced its monthly subscription price in almost 100 countries and territories, including, and there's a long laundry list or whatever, I did not um, and don't quote me on that, but to my knowledge, I do not see the U.S. on there. I see um, United Kingdom, of course, uh, Sweden, China, Thailand. There's like a million places, but I do not see America or the United States. So if you're here in the West, you're kind of screwed. You're not getting a reduction in price. Also, I noticed that they don't say how much the price was reduced. Like I've seen a couple of people in the comments saying that in India, it went from like $10 to below $2, I believe. It was it India? I want to say it was India. Um Please, anybody from India out there, let me know if that's confirmed or not. And a lot of people said, well, that's because we don't have a lot of titles over here available to us. So it wasn't worth $10 to begin with. But it says Crunchyroll implemented its first major price increase in history in the United States, Great Britain, Australia, and the Nordics in 2019. Probably their biggest markets. And they were like, hey, let's just milk the shit out of it. Implemented its multi-tier subscription offerings in 2020. The service stopped providing the free ad-supported viewing starting with its spring 2022 season lineup earlier this year. Yeah, they got rid of the free. Uh, viewing which was funny because didn't Netflix announce that they were going to try doing like you could watch with ads for a low cost or something like that but they got rid of the free entirely like older stuff they'll still allow which eventually they're probably going to undo that too but not only did they got rid of that but then they did the price increase however for a lot of other places you're going to get a price decrease so that's a good thing if you're in North America don't be fooled by the headline don't be fooled by it they didn't decrease shit for you we're still stuck at whatever the hell they're charging me at this point I gotta look I think it's it's not even that bad I'm not gonna lie in comparison to like Netflix every other freaking month is like yo we're charging a thousand dollars this month you can't do nothing about it like <laughs> Crunchyroll they're fairly priced I think it's like what seven bucks or something like that that seven bucks for all the anime you can watch like that's a steal so I'm not necessarily mad at it but yeah uh in other places I'll have the list somewhere here on the screen you will be able to watch anime at a discounted rate on Crunchyroll not too bad but again don't let the headlines fool you it might not be your place next up people let's calm it down a little bit and talk about the top 50 best-selling manga of the week courtesy of jose underscore k okay people so starting at number 50 we got golden kamui in 24 days 281,000 with 16,000 copies this week pretty good stuff okay then we got social no free in volume 8 17,000 this week bringing its total to 261 this one right here however very interesting uh the new series pppppp did i say more of uh, the new music series in shonen jump it's third volume in seven days 17,315 I'm going to say for what it is and for what they're trying to accomplish, that's probably a win for starters, a debut in the top 50. Uh, for starters, it's not a battle series. It doesn't have the battle. Like if you've seen me and Roboco, that's been around for ages. It's a comedy series. It only did like 10,000, I think, with its latest volume. And it's been around forever. But that's a comedy series and sales might go up after the anime. And I'd imagine that's probably what they're betting on with something like P-P-P-P-P. And 17,000 isn't bad by any 
any means, especially again, it's a music manga. So I'm interested to see where this goes. But in seven days, 17,000, it's not great. It's not, whoa, but it's not bad. I'm starting to understand for, you know, what it's trying to accomplish in Weekly Shonen Jump and the demographic that they're trying to bring into the magazine by having a different type of manga other than a battle or even a comedy. Like this is a music thing. Then we got Fairy Tale 100 Years Quest Volume 12 in three days, 18,123 copies. That's not too bad. In a full week, it probably would have did like what? 25 26 ish or something like that could be way better and i'd imagine once the anime comes it'll probably boost sales because fairy tale 100 years quest from the i don't know how many chapters i read 20 30 chapters maybe more than that back in the day it was better than fairy tale a lot better than fairy tale so i'm looking forward high expectations for when that anime drops and it it's dope to see that it's still debuting in the top 50 again i believe hito only writes it and somebody else does the art so yeah, there's that. Uh, then we got Kaguya Sama Love is War, Volume 26, 24 days, 211,000 total. Um, all the way up, Undead Unluck. In seven days, it did 19,000 with its late. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're going to call it quits with this one. I remember when Undead Unluck was doing, in like a short week, it would do 40-something thousand. In seven days, 19,000. They're probably going to call it quits. And I'm going to call it that it won't get an anime. I'm going to call it that they're going to do a live action for this one. I know that sounds horrible, but I just don't see the love and, and push for Undead Unluck. And I haven't seen it in a very long time from Shonen Jump and Shueisha. So Undead Unluck, yeah, it's going out very low in sales. And it's unfortunate because, again, all I've ever heard is it's really, really good. And from the 20 or so chapters I read, it was really, really good. Then we got places 40 through 31, Mystery Tall Lunakari or Iunakari, I, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, 21,000 this week, uh, Blue Giant Explorer, again, what is that manga? I gotta check that out, 11 days, 72,000, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, at number 31, Record of Ragnarok, volume 15, in 21 days, 210,000 total, 25,000 this week. Dope stuff, dope stuff. Oh God, places 30 through 21. Minus 22 and 21, everything is Spy Family. Jeez, it's what, 25,000, 25,000. So pretty much about 25 to 28,000 people ran out and bought Spy Family this week. Isn't the anime over? Like it's still getting a big push despite the fact that the anime is over for the time being. Like it returns in October, but geez. Um, then Kingdom, volume 65, another 29,571,000. Jeez, Kingdom. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. A, a success story beyond measure. It did it with solely its quality. The anime had barely any bearing on it. Then we got places 20 through 11. Another Spy Family, volume 9, 31,000, 1.5 million. And that came out April 4th and 1.5. Jeez Louise. Then going up, that one manga that I still want to check out. Uh, somebody actually gave me a synopsis of it and it sounded really good. Kusuriya no Hitori Goto. And it's a seinen mystery drama. And that's one of the biggest things that caught my eye. Um, 39,290,000 total. Then we got Goshu Fudo Volume 10. Oh, that's uh, Way of the House Husband. 42,000 in four days. Why? That That's great for that series. Wow. Then we got Top 10. Top 10 is a very, very interesting. For starters, number 9, Dragon Quest Daino Daibokan. 43,000 in 7 days, 44,000 total. That is great. Like, Dragon Quest is a very, very old IP or the, the story that they're, I believe this is the Avon spinoff. This is like a prequel where Avon was younger. 
That is amazing for a very, very old IP. Shoutouts to that. Uh, number 8, Tokyo Revengers, Volume 28. In 24 days, 723,000 total, 49,000 this week. Somebody told me that this is actually trending worse than the previous volume. So it's not the covers that is having any bearing. I think it's at this point, Tokyo Revengers is starting to see a decline. I think it had too much of a quick explosion, and now it's on the decline with every volume, on top of the fact that the fan backlash has been, to say the least. Big, big ups to this. This one love to see it absolutely buying a physical when it comes out over here in the west goodbye eddie the one shot manga that was extremely long was turned into a volume and in seven days it sold 55,000. yo a one shot of tatsuki fujimoto author of chainsaw man did 55,000. a one a one shot Tatsuki Fujimoto, the GOAT. Uh, then Marshall, another series that has absolutely seen a decrease in sales. In seven days, 62,000. I remember when Marshall was doing about 100 in seven days. So it's dropped damn near in half. Granted, we're 15 volumes and doing 62,000 with still no anime. It got announced it's getting one A1 pictures, but still no anime. Insane. Uh, Kimetsu Gakuen, Volume 2, 71,000, 72,000 total um, in seven days. That's a little chibi spinoff. Of the, how is Demon Slayer still making so much money? And, and it's it's been over. The source material been over for two years, going on three years. Oh, my God. Uh, Dr. Stone, the final volume, Volume 26, in seven days, 156,000. Great send-off for a great freaking series. Love to see it. Shout-outs to Dr. Stone, Richiro Inagaki, and Boichi. They came, they saw, and they threw science at us. <laughs> we got that slime series in four days. Jeez, 254,000. Oh, I know whenever I get into that, that's going to be a very, very fun ride. Uh, then the top two are two titles that I absolutely love, and I'm happy to see it up there. Kaiju number 8, Volume 7, 313,000 in a week. A little bit lower than the average for Kaiju, but I ain't mad at it at all, and I love to freaking see it. it. It deserves to be up there at the top. And then edging out Kaiju by... A decent amount. What about like 60, 70,000? My Hero Academia Volume 35 and 7 Days 384,000 total. Uh, very, very solid top 50 with some very notable titles from Marshall, Kaiju, My Hero, Goodbye, Eddie, Tokyo. This top 10 alone is God tier of the big titles. And overall, very, very interesting. Let me know what you guys think. And closing this episode off, we got the weekly Shonen Jump author comments. We don't have weekly Shonen Magazine. I don't know if the magazine was on break this week, but we got weekly Shonen Jump. Let's jump into them. At the very top, we got the dude, the goat, My Hero Academia's Kohei Horikoshi. My former assistant, Fushimi Sensei, is doing the art of Verbellum Kotoba no Senso, which now has Volume 1 on sale in Japan. That is so freaking cool. That is so respectable that this dude took and used his platform, the Weekly Shonen Jump all the comments, to promote one of his assistant's works. That is promoting his assistant's work. Like, you just put this series, I never would have even heard of this shit. Verbellum Kotoba no Senso. Claps to Kohei Horikoshi. That's, that's big. Uh, then we got Gegak Rutami, author of Jujutsu Kaisen. I'll fix it. I have the bad habit of thinking that it's still Monday all day Tuesday until midnight. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's just anything to avoid them deadlines, huh? <laughs> I'm mad at it. Uh, then we got Shuhei Miyazaki, which I'm probably going to cover from now on. I like me some Mia Roboko. Sentinel, thank you so much for creating a super awesome figure filled with love. Is it a Mia Roboko figure? I wouldn't even mind having one. I don't know. I, I, I like Mia Roboko. It's crazy, dog. I never thought. We got uh, Yoshifumi Tozuka, author of Undead on Luck. I wonder why 
watch the new Gundam movie, but I'm too busy, so I keep watching Char on my Mac. Yeah, I could rewatch the shit out of something on the side. Like, I'm, I'm good at rewatching something, but let it be a new thing. I gotta have my full undivided attention, so I feel him. Then we got again Oscar Doran, Dororan's author, and I'm happy. He's actually, like, in the middle of the magazine, not in the back. Good. I love all cheesecake, and I also love chocolate, so Mr. Donut's new product makes me so happy. Delicious. I'm glad to see that you're eating and you're not at the bottom. You deserve to be up there. Let's go. Uh, Yuto Suzuki, author of Sakamoto Days. I'm not a fan of food that I can't tell whether it's a dessert or not. Like Jimami Peanut Tofu. Ooh, I don't, I don't know. That doesn't, is that good? I don't know. <laughs> we got the author of Martial Magic and Muscles, Hajime Komodo. Yuka Kageyama's radio show is great. As good as Yakult 1000. Don't know that one. And we'll close it off. I'm not familiar with this author or this series, but why not? Earth Child's Hideo Shinkai. During these difficult times, I draw my manga every day as if it's a song of encouragement to everyone who's trying their best. And I love that. That's me with my creation. Whether I'm releasing content on any of my platforms, any of my Forneververse, whether it be music on the Nimrod Media account, whether it be videos on the Forever World account, breaking and dissecting chapters and new manga, whether it be giving you guys news, an inspirational thing over on Forever the Fuck I Want, whatever it is, I always love inspiring keep going don't quit and yeah people those are the weekly shonen jump author comments and uh that's all we have for this episode guys i hope you enjoyed i tried my best with this one i brought you guys a lot of bangers i think let me know what you guys think most important story favorite story geez we covered a lot in this one from black clover to my hero to boruto we we've had it all but that's all i have for this one thanks for watching hope you enjoyed i'm for neverworld and as always people have an awesome day and remember the golden rule anime and manga for life boy have an awesome day peace and you guys just watched another episode of for the Radios. have an awesome day lads subscribe and hit that bell <laughs>